Welcome to today's Community Cast. My name is Matt Morgan. I'm the pastor at Community Brookside, a new church plant in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are so blessed by your presence, and we hope that today's content will bring you joy. Well, good morning, everyone. It's been, it's been an eventful morning already. So I want to read some scripture to you. It comes from the book of Matthew. Sorry, that's not true. It comes from the book of John. Chapter 15, verses 9 through 13. You can follow along on the screen. If you have a Bible, you can pull that out or an e-reader. I'll give you a second just to get there. All right, you can follow along on the screen. And here's what Scripture says for us this morning. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. So as we saw in the movie clip just a second ago, love is everywhere, right? Like almost in every single movie. Uh, Which one of those movies did, did you happen to see one that was your favorite? Satan and Saddam Hussein. That was from what movie was that from? South Park, Park, the movie. That's right. What was that, like 98? Like, (laughs) that's awful. All right. What what are some of your other favorite I love you moments in screen films? Or maybe on TV? I love the one uh, where uh, Captain Von Trapp tells Maria for the very first time, I love you. Like, that's a beautiful moment. What's your favorite? I'm sorry? Dirty Dancing, that's a good one, yeah. Ghost, oh yeah, of course, the potter says that, yes. As you wish. Yes, Princess Bride, always. Any, any other favorite love stories? Gone with the Wind? I'm thinking like Romeo and Juliet was a really good one. It's a great love story, a little tragic at the end. So thinking about all these stories and movies, Do you think that love on screen looks a lot like the love that happens in real life? I mean, how many of you fell in love with, uh, you know, another wizard when you were going off to Hogwarts, right? Nobody. Like, how many of you saved the world from a nuclear explosion then had a long, passionate kiss after? No, you didn't, Kim. Put your hand down. So love often gets depicted weird on TV comparatively to what happens in real life. Um, sometimes true love is a real thing. Do any of you have a personal love story that you want to share? How you met your significant other? Because if you don't, I'm going to fill it with something else. <laughs> Jeff? I will always talk. Okay, well, that's, that's true. So Adrian and I met on a mission trip to the country of Estonia. And she, was in, she had a big crush on somebody else before, before we went. So, but that somebody else said, oh, you're going to meet your husband on this trip. And I think to wow. herself, she said, I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> so she came to the first meeting, looked around the meeting, and said, nope, no husband material here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was there. Uh, but we sat next to each other on the plane uh, and became just fast friends. I fell in love very quickly. It took some convincing to love me. Uh, but uh, but we, we met on a mission and Wow. That's a good story. Anybody else have a short encapsulation of their love story? Oh, Ben's got a love story? Uh, yeah, I'm going to. 
But hang on, somebody else first. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is a great story. Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay. Nice. That's a great story. I love when a love story ends with "We never got tired of each other." <laughs> like. <laughs> Right. Uh, any other quick stories? Because I want to tell mine. Okay, that was your last chance. So I will tell you that Nicole and I met when she was 14 years old. And I was like, what, 35? No, I'm just kidding. She was, she was 14, I was 18. She was a freshman at Owasso, and I was a senior at Owasso. Uh, we met in preseason marching band. I helped her, uh, you know, what was the phrase I used? Use your... Use your ankles like, yeah, so marching backwards was difficult for her, and I was trying to teach her how to do it well, and so I, the only, right, use your ankles as shock, that was my pickup line, um, but it, sort of, sort of, um, and so in high school, I was, I was cool, after high school, I lost all of that, uh, and so Nicole, like, she liked me, and I liked her a lot, um, except for the problem was she was 14, and I was 18, it was not okay, uh, so we never officially dated in high school, I will tell you I was her very first kiss on the band bus, uh, down to our trip to Orlando as we were watching Beverly Hills Ninja, totally appropriate, um, and I, after, that was the spring of uh, 1999, and then I, when we got back from that trip to Orlando, I basically went off to college right after that, and didn't see Nicole for three years. Never really said goodbye, I just kind of picked up my stuff and left and went to uh, OCU in Oklahoma City, and uh, came back uh, to visit my, my dad, and asked a friend of mine if she knew where Nicole was, and she told me that where Nicole worked, and I showed up randomly at her women's clothing store that she worked at, uh, and uh, was super nervous, right? Like, because I, I, I really thought Nicole was very special. I actually wrote in her yearbook uh, that, hey, when you graduate from high school, I'm going to come back, and we're going to get married. And so I... I went to go find out where she worked just to see. You know, it's, it's been three years. I didn't know I was really going to marry her. I, I thought she was very special. But uh, when she, I found out she worked at Fashion Bug, I showed up. And again, it was a, a women's clothing store. And so I'm not going in. Not going into a women's clothing store. So I walk up, and I'm looking kind of through the window awkwardly. I don't see her. So I go on to uh, CompUSA, uh, which was right next door, a computer store or whatever, Office Depot, something like that. And so... I'm talking to myself, come on, you can, you can do, don't be afraid, you can. So I finally get up the courage to go back and give it another shot. And so I walk out of the store and I see her as she's pulling a huge rack of clothes out onto the sidewalk for their sidewalk sale. And I'm like, nope, straight for my truck. <laughs> because I was, I was nervous. Uh, and so it just so happened that I hear, Matt, Matt Morgan? That's a terrible Nicole voice that I just did right there. I was like, hey, so good to see you, <laughs> right? Uh, 
So we, I, I went inside, I got her phone number, we went on our very first date that night. Uh, we went and I introduced her to sushi and we went to the drive-in and we've not been apart really ever since then. Um, uh, she would tell you that I told her I loved her on that very first date. I don't remember saying that at all. Uh, no. But, um, you know, a month later, we've been dating for a while, and Nicole says, oh, it's just so amazing how fate brought us together. I'm like, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> so, <laughs> it wasn't that I was stalking you, but kind of. So, that's, that's true love, if you could find out your boyfriend's a stalker and still marry him. So, great. So, I think... I think the problem is that love's definition has changed over the years. I want to read you something that I found while I was doing some research for my sermon. Uh, something I read in the uh, 1828 version of the Webster's Dictionary of the English Language. And here's a definition of love. It says, love is an affection of the mind excited by beauty and worth of any kind or by the qualities of an object which communicate pleasure, sensual or intellectual. It is opposed to hatred. Love between the sexes is a compound affection consisting of esteem, benevolence, and animal desire. Love is excited by pleasing qualities of any kind, as by kindness, benevolence, charity, and by the qualities which render social intercourse agreeable. In the latter case, love is ardent friendship or a strong attachment springing from goodwill and esteem and pleasure derived from the company, civilities, and kindness of others. It's exactly what we were all thinking, right, when we were thinking of love. So love is a compound affection, right? If we look at scripture, we can see a bunch of different versions of love. I will tell you that I believe that all of scripture is a love story. From the very beginning, I think creation sprang from God's love for us. God had a plan that each of us would be here, and God loved us into existence. All of Scripture is a love story. And when God created us, God gave us minds of our own, and like we often do, we often don't show that love in return. Because of the free will that God gave us, we had the option to rebel. We could love God or we could rebel against God. And wouldn't you know it, we rebelled. The love that God showered on us, the love that God poured out on us, we didn't give back. Instead, we turned love into something very different. I think, I think a lot of us have issues when we get involved in things personally. Uh, for instance... Like we have some great, have you ever put together like a piece of Ikea furniture? Okay, so inevitably they have great pictures and they have all these parts and pieces and eventually by the time you're done you recognize that something is backwards or upside down or the little stickers with the letters on it didn't get quite where they needed to be. I, I fully believe that that is us in relation to the gospel. I absolutely fully believe that anytime we get involved in anything we tend to miss the mark by at least a little bit. And I think when God showed us what love was and expected us to, to do love to one another and with one another, I think we've perverted it and we've shifted it. And it's not really at all what God intended love to be. Love in human hands looks nothing like God created love to look like. 
So if we look back at ancient love in the Old Testament, we can start, uh, let's start with marriages, right? So we talk often about biblical marriage and what that looks like. Um, Oftentimes, biblical marriages were not marriages of love. They were marriages of contractual agreements, right? Wasn't necessarily a way to show somebody that you cared for them by loving them into a relationship. It was really because your parents and his or her parents decided that, eh, yep, yeah, that's a good way to make our tribes combine, or it's a good way for us to, to get some really good social footing. Marriages didn't really exist because of a relationship between a man and a woman. It was between parents. Women were considered property with no inheritance rights of their own. They would never be able to make decisions for their own household. Instead, they were subject to the will of their husbands. Men were expected to provide for the means of the household, and a woman's job was to take care of the house. Bear and raise children. That, women, you're welcome, is your real only responsibility. Make sure that your husband has an heir, a male child. It's not love. It's obligation. And later on, we see that marriages began to shift. There's a great story that doesn't get preached very often. Uh, one of the first stories of marriage that we see in Scripture is the marriage between Abram and Sarai, right? Who would later become known as Abraham and Sarah. It's a great story where, uh, you know, Abraham and Sarah were um, half-siblings. Weird. But Sarah was very beautiful. And there was a couple times in their marriage where Abraham and Sarah, God said, hey, Abraham, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some incredible land. I'm going to make you a blessing to all of humanity and all of the world will be blessed through your offspring. But I want you to get up from where you are and go somewhere else. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. I just want you to follow me and trust me. So Abraham says, okay. He gets up and he takes his wife and all that he has and he goes into Egypt where God is leading him. And when he enters into Egypt, he realizes that his wife is so beautiful that any man in a foreign country who sees how beautiful his wife is, is going to kill him to take her. So instead of, of saying that, hey, uh, Sarah, can, I don't want you to be my wife. I want you to just pretend for a little while that you're my sister. And so they go into Egypt and his wife is now pretending to be his sister. And of course, the Pharaoh of Egypt sees how beautiful she is and takes her as his own wife and pours all these gifts onto Abram, like gives sheep and goats and camels and wineskins and all the great things. Like he's paying for the relationship that, that he would have as a married man to this woman who is supposedly Abram's sister. The crazy thing is that story doesn't just happen once. That story happens twice. So once in, uh, let's see here, it's Genesis chapter 12. It's with the Pharaoh of Egypt. And then later on in Genesis chapter 20, it's with a king named Abimelech. The same situation. Hey, we're going into a foreign land. Sarah, can you just pretend to be my sister? And again, his wealth is increased. It's a weird situation. The story of love starts off pretty rocky. God's story of love is, is incredible through creation, and then we change it up a little bit. So how many of you would be willing to, uh, if you, let's say you go to Canada, how many of you would be willing to like say, hey, honey, can you just pretend to be my brother or my sister just for a little bit? 
let them go gallivanting around with somebody else? Gage, no, no, <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> it's weird, right? It's a little bit odd. But much like today, as we see in the Old Testament, we, we can see moments where people have, have confused love, sometimes lust. And sometimes the thing that we consider love has come to be pretty inappropriate. I'm sure many of you are in your minds already jumping to the story of David and David and Bathsheba, right? It's a story that many people have preached as a story of, well, look at how much David has loved this woman. He saw her and just knew that she was the one. That's really not how the story goes. You can read in, in the book of 2 Samuel and I'm going to have it up here so you can follow along. In 2 Samuel 11, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and he walked around on the roof of the palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful and naked. I added that. And David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Iliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. Now she was purifying herself from her monthly uncleanliness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. Yes, that is... It's very, like, this is a crazy, almost a, a soap opera moment in Scripture where a man who has all the power and all the authority in all the world looks and sees a beautiful woman bathing and says, I must have her. And sends servants to go get her and bring them to him. And, and what I haven't told you is that the story ends with David sending Bathsheba's husband out onto the front lines of battle so that he will be killed. David sent this man out to have him murdered so that he could steal his wife and cover up this pregnancy. It's a weird situation. This is not a story about love. This is a story about an abuse of power. This is a story that we could see even today happening with our politicians, with Hollywood elite, with teachers, with priests. We clearly have not learned our lesson about the story of David and Bathsheba. We cannot confuse our, our passions with love because they're not the same thing. We believe that the best definition of love is given to us from the Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That kind of love we don't see in movie clips like this. Because that kind of love is really... It relies on us to work. How many of you have been married for more than a year? First year, was that, was that easy or was that hard? Easy? Easy? Relatively easy? 
How about year seven? Was that as easy? Some people say yes, some people say no. I will tell you right now, relationships, marriage, love, it takes work. It takes us recognizing that, that we have a responsibility for somebody else. The kind of love that we see in marriages, the kind of love that we see in friendships, the kind of love that we see in deep relationships is important and powerful. And the best example of the purest and truest love is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus was the perfect example of love. He showed humility, total loyalty. Uh, it wasn't about sex with Jesus. Instead, Jesus shows us love that challenged traditional thinking and encouraged a type of love that put other people's needs first. Jesus' most important command to each of us is about loving. Loving God is the most important thing that we can do, but Jesus also challenged us to not just stop with loving God. In Matthew chapter 22, 34 through 40, Jesus says, or, or the story goes, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus responded, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, law, and the prophets hang on these two commandments. What Jesus did in that moment is pretty interesting. So the scripture that we just read, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy. It's a very important scripture called the Shema. Right? So this is something that every Hebrew person would know. Love the Lord your God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. We're going to go and read this here in just a second. But it's so important that, that these Orthodox Jewish people would literally write that out and then put it in a little box and, and tape that box, not tape, you know, tie that box to their wrist or to their ankle because it was so important that they remembered that God was the most important thing in their lives. It comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be with you on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Love is just as important today as it ever has been, but we have to recognize that the love that we see in movies and on TV and that we, we want to have in our relationships is not really the love that, that Jesus and God have meant for us. It's not about sex. It's not about lust. It's not about that animal desire that we read about earlier from 1828. Love looks like forgiveness. Love looks like justice. Love looks like taking care of widows and orphans. Love looks like devotion to the truth. Love looks like caring for your enemy. Love looks like Jesus. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Love is not sexual. I'm going to say that again. Love is not 
sexual. It's not about sex. That's not love. That's something else. Sex does not equal love, but sex is an expression of love. It's a very small piece of something so much bigger. True and appropriate love takes care of others. It looks out for more than just oneself. Love is sacrificial. It sees injustice and fights for those who have no voice. True love comes first from a knowledge of a God who loves us. If we believe that God is love, I struggle to see how people who don't believe in God can say they love other people. How can you love if you don't know the creator of love, the giver of the ultimate love? Love did give its life for us. The cross equals redemption for us. The cross is the ultimate bond between a God who loves us and humanity who has fallen. I know this week we have to, we have to, we get to celebrate Valentine's Day together. Okay. (laughs) As we celebrate Valentine's Day together, maybe it would be cool if we did something for somebody who wasn't our Valentine. Maybe it would be cool for us to celebrate somebody who doesn't have a love of their life. Maybe it would be powerful for us to love like Jesus this week rather than just going out on a date or buying roses or getting chocolates. Maybe we do that for somebody who has no one else. Love is not just romantic. Love is not just about sex. Love is so much deeper. My challenge for all of us this week is that we love like Jesus. In a world that teaches us that love is a one-night stand, a romance wrapped up in physical expression, we as God's people have to focus on holy love. In your friendships, love without expectation this week. In your family, love without a need for any reason at all. In everything you do, seek the best for others. There is no greater love than a love that is self-sacrificial. In every possible way this week and every day, we as followers of Jesus, we need to love like Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us on today's Community Cast. We hope that you were blessed by today's conversation. If you'd like to know more about Community Brookside, please feel free to visit us at our website, communitybrookside.com, or find us on your favorite social media outlet. We hope to hear from you soon. Be blessed.